0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We hope that you have been enjoying our broadcast on practical theology and specifically, we are, have been dealing with marriage and, and divorce and, and human sexuality and how it intersects with culture. And today, uh, the question for from um, some of our listeners has been this, does the Bible support so-called same-sex marriage? I know maybe this is uh, kind of a, you know easy question in a red state like ours, but actually this is not an answer that is uh, uniformly given. There are lots of Christians in culture who are answering on both sides of this this question. So does the Bible support so-called same-sex marriage?
1: I think it's interesting to say that um, that you put the phrase so-called same-sex marriage, um, because marriage was defined by God as a as a union between a male and a female. And so by definition— you can't have same-sex marriage, um, and I'm not trying to to be a smart aleck, I'm not trying to, to to be evasive, but I was a math teacher, and a three-sided figure was a triangle. If you had a four-sided figure, you couldn't refer to it as a triangle because it's not a triangle. Mm-hmm. It's four-sided. And so, definitionally, what you have is marriage has been defined by the only person that was allowed to define it, and it was defined at the very creation of the world as the union of a male and a female. And so that's the definition of marriage. Anything outside of that can be something else. You can have a same-sex relationship. You can have not All that, not that f- you're
0: endorsing that. You're I just am saying, not, right. that,
1: but that can't exist. Right. But you cannot have a same-sex marriage mm-hmm. because the state doesn't get to define marriage because marriage was defined at the very beginning of creation by God himself. And in order to redefine it, you have to have a greater authority to be able to redefine. I don't know where you're going to find the greater authority than God. And so I'm not trying to be flippant or smart-alecky or um, blow this off, but I'm saying it's impossible to have a same-sex marriage because it violates the definition just like you cannot have a four-sided triangle. Impossible. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in an earlier show, and and first of all, let me say, Russ, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, The Bible's not ambiguous about this, and and it's also it's also important to say why why does the Bible teach this? Um, Why is this teaching there? And and just to to go back to the text itself in the Book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven, it says, "So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him." Male and female, he created them. So that tells us that the creation of male and female is God's original creation intention. And then at the end of Genesis chapter 2, after Eve is created and Adam erupts with this uh, poetic outburst, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And then there's a therefore, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So the creation of the sexes is the creation of marriage. And then Jesus repeats this. Jesus quotes it directly in the 19th chapter of Matthew. Jesus was asked a question. The Pharisees were trying to entrap him with a question about divorce. And Jesus, instead of just beginning with dealing with divorce, Jesus went to the very nature of marriage itself and said, have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female and said, I want to underline that little phrase. He who made them from the beginning said Jesus made them male and female and said. So Jesus is affirming that Genesis chapter one and two is something that God said. It's not just a human word. Mm Mm-hmm. He who made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. And he goes on and quotes, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. So uh, I'll, just, I'll just reiterate, and Russ has already said it very well, but uh, let, me just, let me just add my amen to it, that as far as the Bible is concerned, and as far as those who hold to its authority are concerned, Marriage is the union of a man and a woman, and, and to, to, so it's to bring together a profound difference that God has made. It's intended in creation, the difference between men and women. So to bring together like and like can never be a marriage. To bring together a man and a man cannot be a marriage. To bring together a woman and a woman cannot be a marriage, regardless of what the state says, uh, regardless of what the Supreme Court may say. They, they don't overrule the Word of God.
0: Yeah, and it's not as if the reason why marriage was between a man and a woman was because government had defined it that way. Uh no. In fact, this transcends American culture. I mean, you go to any culture in the world and marriage has always been defined as between a man and a woman. And I think, I think part of the problem with this, again, it goes back to our foundations of, of where we um, understand truth, how we justify truth. And I, unfortunately, I think one of the main prevalent philosophies that is in our culture today, although maybe many wouldn't recognize it, is existentialism, that my existence precedes my essence, that I get to define who I am um, independent of objective reality. Well, let's take that for a test drive. If you, if I climb up to the top of this uh, radio studio and say, you know what, I don't believe in the law of gravity, and I'm, you know, that that belief system is going to govern um, objective reality. Well, that's not going to stop me from plummeting to my death if I try to jump off and, and fly. And that same type of of thinking has to be applied to ethics. Um, there's this the, this gross divorce between, you know, physical <clears throat> science. And philosophy, and when you make that divorce um, between those two disciplines, you're betraying truth. Because if you simply apply the the definition of existentialism to science, you can't do science at all. I mean the very the very truth that you're right. depending upon to drive across that bridge you hope that you hope that that mathematician, that engineer who built that bridge is not an existentialist. You hope that he's an objectivist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think some of this is I, I think. I, I hope most Christians will agree that there is no such thing as a biblical same sex marriage. Now, the debate comes into well, what's the big deal about whether culture wants to say or legalize or sanction same sex marriage? Now, that's a different question. That's a different issue. So, some people will say, well, we as Christians, why do we care what society does or sanctions? We know it's wrong. We know that the Bible says it's wrong. We know that it's you know doesn't really truly exist in the, in the eyes of God. So why make such a big fuss about it in culture itself? I think that's a good question. and maybe I should just pose it to you guys so that I don't I don't, so that I don't have to
2: answer it. Well, I, I thought there was an answer coming here. I, I thought that's where you were going. So we well, we're, we're, we're going to have let you an go. answer, but I was I thought well
1: I of want to hear what these guys say.
0: Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm waiting, Russ. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think it's because if you begin to follow that train of thought that the state can redefine what has been defined, then what you're going to find out is that then there can't be any guidelines. Because then why can't there be incestuous relationships codified by law? Yep. Or what, or, polygamy. or polygamy. I mean— you, you really, we do have lines. We do have standards. And we've always said that those lines and standards are based upon um, an objective truth mm-hmm. and an objective reality. Is it cultural mores? Well, why is that good enough? And so, what we've said is marriage was defined by God. The state has always recognized mm-hmm. that that was the criteria. And at this point in time in history, we're deciding, well, no, we're going to abandon our old criteria. Well, once you abandon that, just be careful, because then you have no legal ground or rational ground of saying, well, then... You can marry a, a cow or, yeah. or, or a pigeon. And or, the problem
0: is, at this point, is the citizens of the United States has actually empowered the government Yes, more so. I mean, aside from same-sex marriage for a moment, mm-hmm. they've empowered the government to redefine reality. And when the government has the power of the sword and the power to redefine reality, that's when tyranny mm-hmm. absolutely takes over culture.
2: Yeah, and, and obviously we're living in a post-Christian Culture and and this is just you know one of the one of the many challenges that that we're going to deal with because of that. I want to back up a little bit and in, into how did secular culture get to same sex marriage, and I think it's because secular society and, and very often this bled into the church had a deficient definition of marriage long before anybody ever dreamed up same sex marriage, long before that you can see it beginning in the 19th century and really taking flower in the 20th century conveyed through movies and popular media that the purpose of marriage in the secular mindset, the purpose of marriage is romantic fulfillment. And, you know, you fall in love, uh, you have this swept away experience and, uh, Prince Charming carries Snow White off into the sunset to his castle and they live happily ever after. And there's a very subtle message behind that as innocent as it sounds. Uh, there's a very subtle message that the purpose of marriage is romantic fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And we've paid a number of costs for that. Uh, number one, uh, skyrocketing divorce rate, because if you think romantic fulfillment is the purpose of marriage, well, when the romance dies, what do you do? You start looking around for somebody else. Yeah. And you find yourself falling for somebody else and you think, "Wow, I, I'm not with Mr. Wright. I'm not with Miss Wright. I, I got it I got it wrong, and it must be this other person over here. And the same if you think the purpose of marriage is romantic fulfillment, then how can you deny marriage to a same-sex couple? This is their romantic fulfillment. And how unfair then would it be to deny them marriage? And that, I think that that's the secular thinking that got us to where we are with, with same-sex marriage. In fact, in the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court ruling that legalized same-sex marriage, um, the, the justice who wrote it t- talked about you know the mystery of life. the it's been mocked as the sweet mystery of life passage <laughs> in that in that ruling uh, that you, we define it for ourselves and but marriage has a I mean rather the Bible has a much thicker and heavier, weightier, definition of marriage and the purpose of marriage and as christians that's what we need to keep our focus on is what is the how does the bible define marriage and what's the purpose of marriage it's much 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 more than romantic fulfillment
0: yeah so let's end there um obviously just like anything that we do or drink or eat the, the main purpose of marriage is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever and secondly, the way that that's done is it's a portrait of Christ in the church. It's a drama, just like the Lord's table dramatizes uh, the death um, of Jesus, and baptism uh, dramatizes uh, our, the washing away of our sins. Um, marriage dramatizes christ and the church it's it's a storybook of christ in the church and to move away from that definition um so so any so-called same-sex marriage inherently lies about that that narrative mm-hmm. well you've been listening to the gospel for life we'll continue this conversation next time